British Spy Stories, Season 1 Spy or Traitor? Episode 19 Gabby orders room service and eats at 7pm. She showers and puts on a short red Galvan sequined mini-dress from the selection that the hotel staff bought her on the day she arrived. They meet in the bar of the hotel, and McKinney is charming. She is looking forward to not thinking about her job for one evening. They talk about holidays they've had, and Gabby impresses herself as she fills in the details of her fictional past from the bare bones of the Charlotte Baxter cover story. He is in the vacation business, luxurious escapes for the very rich. Desolate islands, yachts, Michelin-starred restaurants, and helicopter trips across the ocean to watch schools of dolphins bubble and rise in the water. He can arrange for her to go on one, free of charge, if she wants it. She says his life seems perfect, almost too perfect, and he laughs with his eyes. James wants to go to a casino and insists on driving to Monaco, as they are so near. She is happy to ride the wave, and they collect his car from the hotel garage. Half an hour later, they are in Monaco, and pull up at the front of the Place du Casino in his red Ferrari 458. The lights on the buildings and the chatter of the crowd creates a crescendo of glamour that rolls out and up into the purple sky. He hands his keys to a waiting doorman, who says, to Gabby's surprise, Thank you, Mr. McKinney. He produces an Amex black card to fund chips for them both. She learnt to gamble in the sixth form of her girls' boarding school with boys from the local village who had climbed the drainpipes of the Victorian mansion to be in their dormitory. How not to lose is one of the most useful skills that her education gave her. That and lying through her teeth. The evening floats by. They win at blackjack, and people around them take more interest after that, attracted by a success story. They move on to roulette, and she can see that McKinney is enjoying the attention. He is in his element amongst the well-off. Occasionally he looks at her, but she isn't sure whether that's to connect with her or check up on her. But even so, the spirit of the evening makes her forget entirely about the world of MI6. Gabrielle doesn't notice Sebastian Ulrich arrive. Just before midnight, he stands at the grand front doors of the casino room while his coat is removed from his shoulders. He is shown to a table in the far corner that has been reserved for him. They know him here respected or feared, depending on whether you are on his payroll or not. A bandage is visible beneath his evening jacket and open-necked shirt, and Sasha sways beside him, thankful that he has taken her out on her birthday. They order champagne, and she is attentive of her damaged man, but after a while she pulls at his hand to come and watch the tables, Ulrich doesn't want to, and Sasha walks the room alone, knowing that she is being watched. 
James has just won from a split bet on two and five at roulette, and he rakes the chips towards him while smiling at Gabby. In the second that Gabby sees Sasha arrive at the table, her brain shifts unconsciously from being a woman enjoying an evening out to a field agent of the British Security Services. Gabby holds out her champagne glass, and a waiter offers a tray within ten seconds. She doesn't watch the tray, her eyes are fixed on Sasha, who slinks around the backs of the players, looking at their faces, and not at the crowd that looks on. A tiny flick of her eyes, and Sasha's gaze locks onto Gabby's, across the crowd. Sasha knows immediately that this is the woman who attacked her boyfriend on his boat a few days ago. Gabby watches the woman's body change in its locomotion. The cogs in her brain are nearly visible as Sasha decides what she will do. After a minute, Sasha continues her route around the room and aims her trajectory to end at Gabby. When she arrives, she smiles too convincingly. Charlotte, isn't it? she says. Sasha, how nice to see you. My boyfriend wasn't happy when you stole his jet ski the other night, and I wasn't happy when he tried to grab me. So, only fair all round, says Gabby, turning her head towards the woman. He didn't do that. Known for his honesty, I guess. Bitch, whispers Sasha, and starts to move her arm to throw her drink in Gabby's face. But the spy is too quick for the woman, and shoots out a hand and holds her wrist. Sasha struggles to regain movement of her arm, but Gabby holds it tight. Get off me! Sasha raises her voice, and people turn to see what the fuss is about. She pulls her arm away and walks off to Ulrich, no doubt to report back. Gabby knows that she should get away before Ulrich is roused into any action. She skirts the room, kicks off her heels in one corner, and looks for Ulrich's table. Sasha is emotionally relating what has happened, and Ulrich gets up and starts to push through the people towards the roulette table where James is still playing. Gabby plunges into the throng to head off Sebastian before her date gets involved. Ulrich sees her when she is ten feet from him. He reaches inside his jacket pocket and pulls out a knife with an engraved handle. Those immediately near him see it, and the crowd parts like Moses in the Red Sea, leaving Gabby and Ulrich facing each other. Gabrielle's mind flicks through her options. She can back off or engage the enemy the two essential options in the field of battle. A soldier is taught to balance these two options. But Gabby lacks that balance, and there is no real choice in her mind. She runs at him and brings her leading hand in low, so Ulrich is forced to lower his knife in order to land a blow. Gabby knows that this is the defensive position that all adversaries opt for, given an attack from below. At the last second, as the knife is a foot from her skin, 
she shifts her body upwards and brings her trailing hand round to grab the knife and pull Uric's arm back beyond the limit of his skeleton's flexibility. There is a loud crack, and his body spins where it stands. Then he tumbles into a man standing too close to the fight. The knife bounces away across the casino carpet. Two security men are pushing through the crowd towards her. She jumps up onto a neighbouring roulette table, slips twice on the chips laid for betting, and bounds off the other side. One guard catches up with her. She reaches wide and strikes him in the stomach, then pushes his head down into a blackjack table. The other guard is on her now, a stronger man. He manages to hold both of her wrists, but leaves his groin unprotected, which her foot pounds into with some force. He falls, and she runs back around to the main doors, but more guards come at her, one with a mace spray. He tries to get near, but her training in Ontario gave her a perfect defence technique. She hits the can hard before he can press the button. The can slips, and she grabs it, turns it, and lets him have it, full throttle. Two more to go. The first is more violent than the others, and she has to respond in kind. She bare-knuckle punches him squarely in the face. Once, then again. His nose splits. She pounds her fist into him a third time, and he turns away. She pushes her foot out, and he falls onto a blackjack table. The final guy looks scared. She stops. Just let me go past, if you don't want to get hurt, she says. He moves towards her. Your choice. She hits him in the stomach, then the head, and he lands heavily. Gabby runs out across the foyer of the casino building and onto the driveway where they had arrived. McKinney appears from the crowd. This way, Gabrielle, he shouts and runs to the car. She follows and clambers in as he pushes the accelerator and the machine skids away from the lights of the building and into the darkness. They are silent in the car while he navigates the roads from the centre of Monaco and out into the suburbs. They speed through the tunnels along the seafront, past grand white villas and roaring blue water. At Saint-Antoine, at the start of a large elevated section of the Route de la Moyenne Corniche, she asks him to pull over off the road as she feels sick, and he guides the Ferrari onto raw ground next to the carriageway. She steps out and stands at the top of a steep drop. She takes in the view of the houses set in the rocky landscape for a minute, then returns to where he sits in the car. She opens the driver's door and he looks up. Then she brings a Glock 19 handgun up to his neck. I found this under the passenger seat, she says quietly. I've checked that it's loaded and, because you know it is, I suggest you start telling me who you are. James McKinney, he says with equal measures of innocence and bafflement. And what's my name? She says. Charlotte, what's this about? So why did you call me Gabrielle just now at the casino? 
a bead of sweat breaks its surface tension and starts the journey down the left side of his face. Hands on the wheel, McKinney, she says. Get out slowly, keeping your hands visible at all times. He stands. On the floor. He lies down. She sits on him and pulls his arms up behind him so he can't move. He struggles and they rise up for a moment, but she takes the butt of the glock and hits him on the cranium, and he falls back down. You going to say anything? She says. If not, what are we going to do now, Jimmy? Are you working for somebody? He pushes again, this time with more force, and she is thrust up and off his back. She rolls off into the side of the car and loses her grasp of the gun. The Glock falls away to the ground. McKinney is on his feet now, but ten feet away. He starts to move towards the weapon. She pushes with all of her residual energy and scurries across the dirt to where it lays. Her fingers touch it first and curl around the grip. She turns the muzzle and squeezes the trigger. For a full second, McKinney stands motionless, stuck in time, his eyes staring at her. Then gradually he collapses and falls onto the side fence. The wire strains under his weight. He is suspended over the drop, swinging in the air as blood stains out across his shirt to match his bow tie. The fence post on one side shifts in the earth. Two more rocks from McKinney's dying body and the post wrenches out from the ground. The fence gives way and James McKinney falls soundlessly, bouncing off the rock face and into the void below. She stands and looks over the edge. Gabby's mind wants her to work out what happened tonight, but she decides to do that back at the hotel. She walks to the Ferrari, drops down into the driver's seat, and pulls out back on the road to Nice.